All right, welcome in, everybody, on a Friday afternoon, another episode of the Always Soccer in Philadelphia podcast. We have the season opener coming up in a little bit more than two weeks, and we're looking forward to that. But uh, in the meantime, we have a couple more, uh, you know, hopefully a couple more episodes before we get there. And we always like to take time in the offseason to talk about topics that we don't get to talk about uh, during the season. And one of those topics that I want to talk about is the Chester Waterfront uh, Master Plan. And joining us to talk about it is uh, Chester City Councilman and Deputy Mayor uh, William Morgan. Will, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing today? How's everybody doing out there? I'm glad to uh, be a part of this. It's awesome to be able to talk about the city of Chester and Philadelphia Union and partnerships. So um, I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded uh, on this beautiful Friday. Now, there's a lot to go over here, and I'll tell you, uh, for all my listeners out there, the uh, the, the PDF is 127 pages. Uh, the YouTube uh, video intro- introducing it to the community was about an hour and a half, um, so there's a lot of details to go through. But basically what happened is that this plan um, came together and was finalized in September of 2020, so we've had kind of a year now since then um to you know kind of get started on this thing and some some little things have been done here and there so i would just actually start it off for a macro level will and just tell tell us about the the waterfront master plan and uh what's happening right now and uh and and what union fans can look forward to yeah so you know uh the the chester waterfront master plan as many people may uh come down there to take a look at as they come to beauty uh, the Philadelphia Union Games. Obviously, you might see a lot of land, a lot of underdeveloped uh, sites, uh, a lot of uh, black some blighted properties as well. Uh, what we've been able to do in partnership with a, a good amount of partners, but uh, most importantly with the Philadelphia Union, the Riverfront Alliance, and Chester City, uh, we were able to come together and uh, in I believe 2019-2020 uh, to vet and interview some consultants to see if we can put together a waterfront master plan. And what we wanted the plan to really do was to pretty much find out the, the scope of what will work down here in the, in, the, in the city of Chester in Delaware County. Is it restaurants? Is it, uh, is it sports bars? Is it a, a, a clothing outlet? Is it amusement park? Is it more sports facilities for the youth and or for, for, for professionals? Um, we want to find, wanted to find out how can we offer more of an experience uh, for not just the Philadelphia Union fans, but of course for the Chester residents. And for those outsiders or uh, individuals that might not be residents of uh, the city of Chester or Delaware County. So uh, the plan really did capture, uh, as you mentioned, it's over 100 pages. It did capture a good amount of that information, that data. Uh, we made sure that we uh, had the community involved with those discussions, those conversations to see uh, what they wanted to see, how they can partake in the, the, the discussion. And uh, one of the most important things about it was that we wanted to find out how, how do we make it safe? Uh, 291 is a state highway, um, and oftentimes individuals might not uh, come down there unless they're in their vehicle uh, or if they really have a, a reason to be down there, such as the Philadelphia Union soccer game. So uh, the safety of it all it has been very, very important. And when I'm speaking about safety, I'm more so speaking about uh, uh, safety, such as uh, making sure that it's walkable and accessible for people that might be on foot as well. Um, so let me just lay it out for people who, to kind of give a, like a picture here in, in your mind of what you can expect. So the working area that we're talking about goes from Highland Avenue 
uh, over yeah. to Norris, which is on the other side of lot A, on the other side of the bridge. And then obviously 291 is kind of like the corridor that's the buffer on the opposite side of the water there. So in a lot of the renderings, you guys were talking about redoing 291, making it safer, you know, adding uh, vegetation there, more more street signs and mm-hmm. and, uh, and lights and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then so that was kind of like the, the, the framework of, of the redevelopment there. And then the other key was taking Engel Street which is where the Larimer is right now, the, the brewery there, kind of extending Angle Street and making that kind of like the main thoroughfare, I guess, for where the development's yep. going to be in the shops and whatnot. So um, what, what's kind of like the, the first thing that was done? I know that I, I think that the priority number one was like repaving Angle and kind of working on 291 a little bit. Is that kind of the, the first thing right now? Yeah, um, that that is. So for for me, at least, and I can speak for myself, uh, in a lot of the meetings that we have, I always speak about small wins. Um, Obviously, we have this big project or plan that we want to get to where it's going to have buildings and people where it could be livable spaces and things like that. But I'm like, before we get there, we have to have set the foundation first. So what are some of the small wins that we can uh, really uh, that's attainable? And like you mentioned, uh, the reconstruction of Angle Street, uh, which was once uh, just gravel, so rocks and being dirt. Uh, we were able to put sidewalk there, put a roadway there, as you mentioned, Larimer Breweries, uh, um, which is a great thing. Um, and next is, uh, I think we're moving on over to Rainy Street. So Rainy is going to be a very similar type of project. One thing that's going to be a little different is we're going to uh, beautify the addition a little bit more by adding some, uh, some a little bit of trees, not too much. Um, I heard you mention vegetation, some landscaping, and we have some lights uh, that we're going to be putting up there, some brand new lights uh, where it's going to have the roping of the uh, the lights that goes across the streets and, and down that path, almost like a pathway mm-hmm. to as you get to the stu- uh, the stadium. So that has been the um, the first small project. Additional to that, as you know, we're on the waterfront. Uh, in the city of Chester, the, 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 our boat launch, where you can uh, launch your boats into the Delaware River, is the only uh, free boat launch in the Delaware County area. Um, so right now we are uh, redoing, reconstructing our boat launch, our dock, uh, to where individuals can launch their boats and people can walk out on a pier as well, uh, whether it's to fish or just to see the, the big, larger boats go by. So, there's a, again, those are some of the small projects. We're doing everything that we can to, I guess, bring more of the traffic down to the waterfront to say, hey, this is a place that has a lot of traffic. Now, now we can also then we can spend that and take it to those uh, developers or those restaurant owners and things like that to say, hey, come to the city of Chester. The traffic is here. The crowd is here. And of course, we have a big uh, Philadelphia Union uh, soccer stadium with uh, all of its attendees there as well. Obviously, this is a lengthy process. You know, we're talking a, a number of years um, to, yeah. to bring all this to completion, right? So, I, I want people who are listening to to understand that, like, it's not you're not going to go down there next year and all of a sudden there's going to be 15 new buildings and all this stuff here, right? It's, it's a work in progress. It's a it's a comprehensive master plan. But um, if I understand it correctly, you guys kind of kind of broke it down into two phases. There's kind of like a first phase and a second phase here. And I'm, as I'm looking at the map here, the first phase. Um, includes like an indoor sports field house that looks like it's going to be built on the other side of the practice, the, the practice fields right now, the riverfront uh, park, which would kind of extend that pathway across the front of what what's now a parking lot. Um, yeah. And uh, I believe it looks like there's, there's plans for the event. Uh, uh, if the event center gets built, that would go on the other side of the wharf building too. So is that, that's kind of, um, do I have that right? That's kind of what's included yeah. in phase one. Yeah, those are things that are included in phase one. We we continuously to have conversations with the Philadelphia Union um, as they are, uh, in my opinion, 
the pillar to make all of these things go through. And I say that because we're we're trying to find uh, they uh, are are some form of the landowners of of a lot of that of the mass uh, down there. Um, and the city of Chester owns some as well, such as the uh, the trail and other items down there. But you are correct as far as your descriptions of the items in or buildings that may uh, may be going up. Um, as you mentioned, the, the sports facility or the field house, um, if it all can come to fruition, as you know, the city of Chester is uh, known for a great, good amount of things. We're the first uh, city in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Of course, Penn's landing uh, or William Penn landing here in the city of Chester. But another thing that we're also known for is our basketball. So whenever you attach a sports or bring sports into the city of Chester, of course, basketball is always a conversation. The Philadelphia Union and the Philadelphia Union's foundation is doing a great job as they've uh, brought uh, soccer, youth soccer back to the city of Chester. So so that project or potential project in a nutshell is going to do a great deal uh, for, the, for the city of Chester and the entire Delaware County. Um, as you mentioned, whenever you can, if your facility comes, that means that there's going to be families, kids, and things like that that's going to come down uh, into that waterfront area. Uh, and I've mentioned already about creating an, a full experience. So by bringing all of those individuals into that area, I think that's going to allow for those other businesses or retail businesses to come down there as well. So um, I think the entire project is going to be massive. The entire project will do a, an about face of the uh, city of Chester's waterfront. Um, and, and there's not many waterfronts up and down Delaware River that you can see that is undeveloped uh, unless, except for the city of Chester. So um, we have our work cut out for us, a lot of great potential there. And if, if, if you, I know you're looking at the plans, but if you're, your, your, your members or your individual, your listeners are able to see the plans, I'm sure uh, they're going to be excited for what's to come in the city of Chester because it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful project and it's a beautiful uh, plan that's been done. Yeah, and just for people who are listening, you know, I'll go on Twitter and I'll I'll, I'll share the uh, the PDF here. I think I put some images out Please last do. year, shared some of the renderings. The renderings are beautiful. I mean, I look yeah. at them. It's like how can you how can you not be excited for for the potential of of uh, you know what could be built down there? You know, Will, it's funny because I, I back in the day before I was doing this podcast, I was a, a union reporter and we we did a little bit with the city and you know on development in the area. I, I remember one All of right. the things was. You know, each of those like individual pieces of land around there was kind of, you know, different owners or they were under different control um, yep. of different people or whatever. It always seemed like a like that was an issue because it was almost like a jigsaw puzzle of sorts trying to like cobble together and, and purchase all that land in order in order to be able to develop it. Um, yeah. Are you are you guys like over the hump when it comes to that topic? To, can you can you um, build build efficiently there? I would say not 100 percent over the hump, but I think that. What they people have seen that's been coming to fruition over the last two years is that everybody wants the same thing at this point. So there's been great partnership with some of those private owners, uh, with the city of Chester, uh, with other uh, government entities and or stakeholders. So um, I won't say that it's 100 percent under one owner, uh, but I do think that the handful of owners that might have some stake down there on the waterfront, they all want to see the waterfront, waterfront blossom into what it can become. So um, we are, are uh, some form of uh, at the table um, and, and, and talking about the same discussions or having those same discussions to keep moving the projects forward. So, so yes. Um, pu- public transit getting to the stadium has always been kind of a thing for fans. And it looked like in yeah. the plans, there were notes to, um, to try to get that SEPTA rail stop um, closer to the stadium or, or, Kind of, kind of drop you off somewhere near angle there. If I was reading that correctly, what's 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 kind of the status of um, of, of making that happen or getting public transit uh, closer to a drop off to the stadium? 
Right. So currently we do have a grant um, at, with the state. Uh, it's a, a grant that we're going to be uh, redoing some things on Highland Avenue. Uh, and one of those projects or one of the things that we're going to be looking into is to look at the ridership at that Highland Avenue uh, train stop. Uh, the, the thought was that we might be looking at moving the Highland Avenue train stop over to Ingle, like, like you mentioned. Uh, we think that it's, uh, it's, it's positioned better on Ingle, potentially. Uh, we think that it does a great deal, not just to go down to the Philadelphia Union Games, but just to access the waterfront in general. It's a more of a clear path directly to go down to the pier, to the fishing pier. So uh, we are having those conversations. We have uh, the, the Delaware County uh, Council has been in conversations with that. Uh, Philadelphia Union, of course, um, of um, the Delaware, uh, I mean, Riverfront Alliance as well. So uh, I won't say that's not solidified yet as far as moving the train station. But we do think that that's going to be a tremendous asset if we can make it all happen uh, for the for the completion of the project, most certainly. And let me just back it up here so, re- so readers, readers, excuse me, listeners, uh, listeners know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the, the Riverfront Alliance of Delaware County is is kind of, uh, you know, a group of of um, area businesses and entities or whatever that have sort of come together to, to fund various things. Right. So it's, it's the city of Chester. It's the union. Uh, it's Crozier. Uh, Pico, you know, other groups, right? It's basically the arm um, that controls, uh, you know, development along this strip, right? Um, so in, I'm looking now at, at the phase two uh, mock-up here in the, uh, in the uh, PDF as well. And so the, the, the phase two stuff, and this is longer term stuff, kicking the can way down the road. But in that, the goal was a hotel, maybe a marina, uh, residential. And then it looked like the, the practice fields were actually going to be upgraded and, and kind of relocated because if yeah. you guys wanted to do that thoroughfare, like right now, um, if you're picturing it, uh, you know, angle butts into, you know, you go past the Larimer, right? You hit Seaport Drive and then the practice fields are right there. So you'd have to cut to extend angle. You'd have to move the practice fields and move those back behind um, where the, where the overpass is for the bridge, I guess. Um, so tell me a little bit about, about that and what the, what the plan is there. Yeah, so uh, the Philadelphia Union and, and the talks to, again, try to have that field house there. Uh, we believe that putting the field or positioning the field house more so in uh, closer towards the development, closer towards the actual water uh, was best suited or best fit. Because uh, when you think about the field house, uh, it's probably going to attract, uh, again, a lot more families, a lot more youth and kids for events, AUs, games, and tournaments. We didn't want that being too close to the roadway, to the right of way of 291. Mm. Um, obviously, we're going to be doing some uh, safety or uh, improvements uh, uh, to 291, but we did think that having it more so closer towards the waterfront, bringing all of the traffic, or when I say traffic, the crowd, the walkers and things like that, down through the, the retail district or through the hotels or through the restaurants to get to the actual fields. Um, it's, it's some form of, a, to me, in my eyes, a business and marketing move as well. Uh, you know, those individuals have to walk through those types of um, those uh, streets that have those stores on there in order to get to their end, uh, final destination or their main destination to why they uh, have come down there. So um, as you mentioned, the soccer uh, practice field may be relocated more so closer towards the 291 area towards the angle area, uh, depending on the, the, the entire layout and the field house will be uh, closer or from the aerial looking at it from, I guess, 291 in will be more so to the right of it in between the Philadelphia Union Stadium and the Philadelphia Union uh, facility or, or admin building that they have there, uh, yeah. the old Pico plan building. So right, right. Uh, the, right now, that's the that's the plan. I do know that the Philadelphia Union is talking to one of the top consultants in the country that deals with 
uh, these types of uh, items um, in order to make sure that it is outfitted and, and outlaid properly. And of course, they wouldn't be uh, proposing something like this, um, or we wouldn't have proposed something like this in the plan if we didn't think that it was uh, something that could uh, attract economic development uh, within the city of Chester. So um, really, the plan really does uh, say a lot and or detail it. Um, I we played and or we want to say we i'm talking about the 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 panel in general uh, all of the stakeholders we've talked about uh how it could position whether we're positioning in between a pico plan and the stadium was best or putting it down 291 is best we've talked about a, a number of things but uh when you uh, look at the the entire project and what it could uh come to its fruition we do think that it might be best uh by relocating the uh soccer practice field location. So, um, but yeah. Will, I only have two more for you. One more on this topic and then one on another topic. Um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, mean to go negative here, but I feel like it's a question I'm obligated to ask. And, you know, people yeah. have tried to, to renovate this area before, you know, the waterfront has been a topic, you know, obviously when the stadium was built, the recession hit and, you know, all these other plans that came with it had kind of fell by the wayside. Right. So that was just a product of circumstance, but you know, for, for people who are like skeptical, um, you know, what makes you guys confident that, uh, that, that, you know, things are different this time? Yeah. So I think that when, so, so prior to obviously the stadium being there, um, obviously it was just baking ground with just a bunch of trees, trash and debris. And I think when you talk about, uh, someone that's coming to the table at that point, they have to have the vision. And many people um, that come to the city of Chester, they necessarily don't have the, the full vision because there are a lot of other variables or obstacles that get blinded or get in front of those types of things. For me, as a Chester resident, I'm 100% invested in the city of Chester and trying to get it up to where I know it can be for our residents and for the entire uh, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I think that now that we have an actual foundation or a stadium or something there to kind of latch on to, I think that allows the conversation to keep on going forward. And I think that's what has happened. Uh, the Philadelphia Union is now there. We, they're attracting uh, thousands of, uh, of people there uh, within for the games. Um, one thing that was an eye opener was that during the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of people were uh, told to stay in that. Well, no, everybody was told to stay in the house for the most part. Yeah. Um, like, you know, we, we have a, the trail that goes along the waterfront is a, the trail within is the city of Chester is a trail um, in that parking lot. I think you call it a parking lot a, which is uh, close to Nora street. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a highly, highly uh, used location during the pandemic. There was a lot of cookouts there, a lot of outdoor events, a lot of outdoor parties um, because people were just trying to get out the house. And I think they, I think it opened the eyes of a lot of individuals that say, Hey, we have an asset here that is underutilized and underdeveloped. And with this current plan that we have here, we don't, we want to make sure that it doesn't just sit on someone's table and collect dust. We want to keep on pushing forward. So those small wins um, that, that might take uh, three, four, five months, it, it's okay. Not, it's okay to some degree because we know that this is a, a process of a plan that's going to take some time. But by allowing those wins to keep on moving forward, it allows the conversation to keep on moving forward as well. Um, so I do think that everybody that's at the table, again, at this point has an invested interest because we have something to work for. We're latching on to the Philadelphia Union. We're latching on to the, to the success of uh, the city of Chester and what we've been able to do in other uh, uh, projects as far as development. 
um, with uh, our downtown area, with the decreasing crime. Um, so it, there's a lot of things that we're being able to latch onto that, again, that allows the, the conversation and the projects to keep pushing forward. So uh, we're happy and excited about that. And I'll say this for, for myself, it ain't no way that I'm gonna allow a project that's so great and glorified like this and for our residents, at least while I'm in office, it ain't no way I'm gonna let it fall to fall through the cracks. So, crack. so um, I'm gonna do what I need to do. And I'm sure that the Riverfront Alliance, Philadelphia Union, Delaware County, City of Chester, and all of those local businesses that have taken some part uh, in, the, in the plan is gonna make sure that we see it through. One more for you, Will. And um, kind of a little bit, just a little bit of background here. I, um, I think the last, when I was on the beat, the last uh, interview I did with anybody from the city was with Nafis in like 2017. Yeah. Um, Nafis Nichols, for people who don't know, is the, is the chief uh, financial officer for the city. And um, now he's, uh, well, he's left now. Now he's uh, the receiver for the uh, Chester Bland School District. But Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, he was the CFO for the city of Chester. Okay, well, there you go. Good. So background, yes. Um, <laughs> he, at the time, right, he was so he was CFO at the time and we did like a two-part interview or whatever. And the, the interesting thing is that like when the union were created um mayor the mayor was wendell butler who was a republican and then a guy named john linder came in in 2011 and he was the first democrat actually to to be mayor of chester in a long time um Mm -hmm. and then that and then mayor kirkland thaddeus kirkland came in i want to say it was 2015 or 2016 when he won election but the point of me bringing all this up is to say that you know there was there was changeover in city leadership at the same time there was changeover in the people who were running the union at the same yep. time. And Nafis was saying like, look, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, the team was new. We were trying to like establish our relationship and define our relationship and, you know, kind of like get on the same page and figure out what, what each side wanted and how we could help each other better and how we could work together better, you know? And um, so yep. my question to you is now a couple of years removed from that. How, how is your relationship with the union? Do you guys have a good working relationship? Do you talk every so often? Do you have, yeah. a, a, are, are you on the same page with everything? How's that working out? Yeah, we have a good working relationship. I think that many of the, we might, there's some other big uh, stakeholders of businesses in the city of Chester, not saying that we don't have a relationship with them, but it might be on an email type of basis or, hey, we need to meet on a a quarterly basis. At this point now, there are, uh, at least with the city of Chester and the Philadelphia Union, we have their contacts, such as their cell phone numbers. And if it take if, if it takes for me, myself, or the mayor, whomever else, any other elected official to text them and say, hey, can you give us an update on this or what you think about this? We have that that good relationship now. So the, the city of Chester uh, elected officials and the Philadelphia Union, uh, we are we support them and they support the city of Chester. Um, we bounce ideas off of them and they come back with other ways that they might be able to help us. Uh, come up with solutions and and vice versa. So there isn't uh, any uh, uh, negative thing that I can say about the Philadelphia Union. I actually applaud them for taking on uh, some of the things that they've been taking on over the last two years to to, to keep the conversation going. Because mm-hmm. at this point now, because they they know that we can that we all can do more uh, for that area. And I think that they've uh, most certainly put that in their in their luggage in their suitcase and said, well, let's continue these conversations. So. Um, we do meet with them uh, almost uh, monthly uh, just to touch base on some items. Um, so that, 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 again, that relationship is, is pretty strong in my eyes. Um, I don't know if there's anything that can uh, get in front of it right now, but uh, I think that we're most certainly all on the same page. Well, that's great to hear. And uh, it's exciting looking at these renderings and, and, you know, thinking about these plans coming to fruition. And, uh, you know, I can say that if there's food to eat and uh, beer to drink and places to visit, we will um, 
definitely be yeah. patron patronizing those for sure <laughs> yeah yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. me too <laughs> um, I'll, maybe i'll start up the first pickup game at the soon to be uh at the eventually constructed field house but uh yeah it's just exciting to think about and um you know it's great to see all these these plans on paper and uh you know hopefully it all uh you know it all comes to fruition you know sooner rather than later so um will you know, thanks for thanks for coming on I, I i appreciate your time no problem appreciate it and, and i'll just say on you know one thing that I always say is that, you know, on the east end of Chester, we have the uh, Harris Casino and race, Racetrack and Casino. And then on the west end of Chester, we have the Philadelphia Union. There's a gap in between there that we need to find out how we fill those gaps. Or there's uh, some, again, offering that entire experience uh, for those individuals that necessarily might not be old enough or that just don't like to gamble. Or they might not like, uh, they might be a sports fan, but they might not be into soccer. So how do we make sure we complement uh, or be a resource for for every individual within the household, whether it's that they're shopping, whether it's they're uh, they're, they're eating and, and going out to restaurants. It could be soccer, it could be fishing, or it could be just walking and working out along the trail um, on 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 a waterfront as well, and chilling out with their family members on the bench or a nice uh, bite to eat on a picnic. So I think that the project really details all of those type of opportunities that can be presented uh, on a Chester waterfront. And I'm excited to see uh, what, what will happen in the next, uh, in next year and five years and then 10 years to come. Cause I'll be, I'll be glad to say that I was a part of that process. Well, we're excited too. Hopefully union fans can be part of the process and patronize all these establishments when they come around. And uh, if there's any good news to share, any news at all, um, let us know and we'll be happy to share it. And, uh, you know, if you, if you guys see uh, Will down around the stadium or at the bar, buy him a beer, and uh you know we'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll right. all have a good time <laughs> you know it <laughs> i'll be down there i'm gonna find you <laughs> all right all right we'll find each other we'll set it up um thanks for your time will i appreciate it and uh we'll, we'll do it again sometime all right thank you go union all righty let's see what you got in the way of uh questions and comments and concerns on a lovely weekend here um this is from josh josh foreman he says, uh, should we be worried that Paxton, Paxton Aronson, is sold before he really shines for the union with all of the youth national team appearances and his name recognition? I feel like somebody is going to swoop in soon. And, you know, there's also the pedigree there, right? They know what Brendan is. So uh, that's obviously a big selling point, too. But, no, I, I don't think I think he – I don't think anything happens uh, f- until the end of the season for sure. You know, I think he has to show something at this level. You know, I don't think it's a, we're looking at Jack DeVries situation here where he's, he's goes to, uh, you know, before he even does anything for the union, he ends up overseas. I don't think that's what's, what's happening with Paxton here. I think he'll play, um, a pretty significant role this year. And then if, uh, teams decide that he's showing enough, that looks like his brother, then I'm sure they'll make a move for him for sure. You know, uh, this one's from Chris. He says, uh, what's the best beer to drink? While watching Montreal away, uh, Molson, Labatt, or do you say screw the Canucks and uh, go with something American? Um, Molson and Labatt are both good, actually. Like, you know, I think the average uh, crap Canadian beer is better than the average crap uh, American beer, wouldn't you say? You know, I would rather have Molson or Labatt than, uh, you know, Bud Light, right? Or like Miller Light, (laughs) you know? Uh, Kareth and I, Kareth Gabriel and I were up there for Montreal. I went to Stade Saputo in 2013. Um, I think that was the game that Marco DeVaio scored a hat trick against the Union. So it was a shit game. 
Um, but, but, you know, we got to see the city and, uh, see a, another MLS stadium, you know, I should tell you a story from college. Um, so this is 2003 or 2004 or whatever. And, uh, you know, there's no craft beer. There's no good craft beer in West Virginia, you know, Morgantown. There was a craft beer hadn't really even turned a corner in Pennsylvania back then. So, um, you know, we drank a lot of natty, natty light, which is just dog shit. It's like water. You know, it's more like a beer pong beer. You know, that's what you pour the pouring the cups, you know, drinking, nobody actually like drank it to, 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 you know, cause they wanted to, right. It was just kind of there. So I got, uh, some Molson. I brought some Molson to a frat party. Uh, we didn't go to a lot of frat parties. There was only good one, like decent frat in, uh, Morgantown. It was the teak house. And, uh, I have a six pack of Molson. I'm just carrying, walking down the street. Right. And this guy says, I'll trade you a natty for a Molson. It's like hell no, I'm not. I'm not trading you a natty for a Molson. He's like, all right, I'll give you two natties for one Molson. I'm like, eh, no, 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 I'm not giving you a Molson for two natties. So he kept going and he upped his offer. And so he gave it. So I, I traded uh, one Molson for three natties. So that tells you all you need to know about Natty Light, circa 2003, 2004, right? Um, this one is from uh, Buzzkill Ed. Do the union need to hire an immigration specialist or is uh, Mikhail Orr's delay typical? Oh, man. Yeah, this is like a – I wish I had more for you guys in the uh, the immigration, um, you know, certificate, um, you know, visa department. It's like – it's – the whole thing's complicated. Normally what happens is these things take like usually like three or four – usually like a month, probably like four to eight weeks. Um you know, on average. And I, th- I think right now we're actually one, two, three, I think we're around the three week mark with him. So hopefully it should be soon. Um, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a federal thing, right? So it's not like, you know, I know I do the joke on Twitter about like finding a uh, corrupt politician, you know, and, like make some phone calls and push this thing through. Right. But it's a, it's, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of, uh, you know, federal guidelines. Right. And, uh, you know, unless you like really, really, really have like a, you know, this is like David Beckham coming over here or something. You're not really going to like expedite anything or push anything through, you know, I know that the Turkish dude that they just signed in Orlando, um, you know, had played like a preseason game already. So I don't know what, what's going on with that, but you basically like what happens is the, the, like most MLS teams, MLS teams work with like a, like an immigration service provider, you know, and you work through the process of like getting the, uh, you know, getting that P visa, right? That P one visa, you can get a different visa. Actually, like if you're a player of a, like a celebrity status, use Beckham again, as an example, you can get uh what's called an O visa, I want to say. And, um, then sometimes those guys even get, can't even, even get a green card right away because it's like a, what are they called? It's like, it's like you're a non-citizen of a certain ability or like an extraordinary ability. So sometimes you can skip the line if you're like a, uh, you know, a superstar, right? In this case, Mikael or is, is not. So, so once you get the, like, once you, the, the team's put in the paperwork, right. And you go through the application process and all this stuff for the P one. And then when the petition is approved, the player has to then apply, like you have to leave the country and you have to do the next step of the visa application process at a consulate or an embassy, right? A U.S. consulate or embassy. So those are outside of the United States, right? So in like Mikael Orr's case, he's like, he's here to do his, introductory uh, stuff, sign the contract or whatever. And then he flies back to Denmark and then he'll be in like Copenhagen at like a, uh, you know, the U S consulate there. And then that's when the, the P one will be processed and then he can um, come over here and it's all good. Right. So they need the P one and they need the ITC, the international transfer certificate. And uh, 
that's a good topic to maybe dive into, um, you know, on a future podcast, I get an immigration guy on here and say, yo, what is, what is the deal here? You know, why is this, uh, why does it seem like some teams, it, it works you know, well for some teams and other teams, it seems to be slower. You know, remember I reported the, uh, Gonzalo Higuain thing last year where like he was like, they got him out of the country. <laughs> I think he went to like Mexico or, or something to get a, to go to the consulate there. And then they flew him like right back and he played without having to clear the uh, COVID protocol. Cause they were still doing like the quarantine period at the time. So, I don't know. It always seems a little. It always seems a little fishy, doesn't it? Um, Kyle uh, up here in uh, the burb says was getting rid of the white uh, Ford Ranger the start of the union's turnaround. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess it was. I, you know, it's funny because I uh, got the new truck. I got the Frontier in uh, 2017, and that was like the last bad year that the union had, right? Yeah, because 2018 they went to the playoffs, and 2019 they're good in 2020. That may have been the defining moment when the. Uh, when I gave the Ford Ranger to my dad and then he was turning left into the Gilbertsville Wawa and somebody ran into him. So the uh, Ford Ranger is now scrapped. It's in the scrapyard somewhere in the union or a good team. So maybe he's on to something there. Uh, follow-up question. What's your favorite restaurant in the Lansdale area? Um, Tex-Mex connection in North Wales so far for now. Um, we spend more time at the breweries than the actual restaurants. So, you know, uh, Luke Hirsch, he says, does Jason dumbass know soccer? No, he absolutely doesn't. Um, Jason Dumas is a fraud, uh, batting 184 has like one agent source and that's about it. And just throws a bunch of stuff at the wall and you see him coming back at me and saying, Oh, soccer reporter. I'll see you at a soccer game and all this stuff. So he's one of the douchebags who, you know, shits all over the game and, you know, tries to insult us, us that way, you know? Um, Richard Saunders says, who is the bigger signing? Uh, was the better deal increases their team's chance to win, MLS, uh, the MLS Cup or NBA Championship, is it Mikhail Orr or James Harden? <laughs> uh, I Listen, I think James Harden was probably the bigger deal. In terms of, like, relativity, though, yeah, going for a guy like Mikhail Orr is, like, uh, you know, it's James Harden-esque for the union, right? I mean, he's a record transfer, you know? So <laughs> uh, it sounds silly when I read it, but uh, no, it's not. I mean... I mean, it's actually kind of a kind of a fair comparison, you know. I will go with James Harden though to answer the question. Um, Dan Mensch says, uh, with the amount of depth that this union team has, how much fun will it be to watch the youngsters play in that sort of competition? Uh, and with the vast amount of major signings in the MLS this off season, do you think the union um, have done enough? If not, what do you think they need? Um, no, I think I think they did do enough. I mean, all the pieces are in place. You know, look, they got their striker. Okay, they went and got their number ten last year. Uh, Gaj Dog, we need to. You know, he's kind of an X factor here because we need to see the Gaj Dog of the end of the season. You know, consistently this year, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt that acclimation was tough. Um, you know, last year, but if he's not the answer this year, he doesn't have an amazing year. Then it's got to be Paxton or somebody else in there, right? So you, you're hoping that Gaj Dog ends up being the guy, right? Um, you, know, you got Jamiro and, and Bedoya and Quinn Sullivan and Leon Flock and, and Jack McGlynn and enough two-way guys who can play the eight um, and, and shuttle back and forth. And I think you feel strongly about that. Brujo Martinez is there at the six. Leon Flock is there at the six. You love your center backs. Um, you know, Olivier Ambizo at right fullback you feel fine with if he cuts down on the mistakes. You got Harriel pushing him. You got Kai Wagner coming back. You got Matt Real, who I believe is back in favor um, if, the, if a source – um, who told me that is correct. Um, interestingly enough, there might be another trade. They might be looking at a trade 
for one of their midfielders, maybe uh, within MLS, they might move one of their midfielders. So that's, that's where I got a, a tidbit about that. So I'm actually sniffing around on that right now. Don't quote me on that, but I'm going to see if they're try to see if they're working on a, an interleague uh, trade to move one of their midfielders within the league. But uh, yeah, I mean, on paper it looks good and you got an all-star goalkeeper, right? So on paper, it's definitely the best team that they've ever put together. You know, knock on wood. Let me find some wood to knock on here. Um, another like, kind of similar question from Trey. He says, most of MLS improved of the winner, uh, especially Toronto, with increased competitiveness in the league and conference. I believe this team could finish anywhere between one and five. Thoughts? I think they can finish anywhere between one and four, one and three. For sure. I think the difference between the Union and these other teams is that the Union have the best defense by far, the best spine uh, most organized and now they've got a group of guys who's been together for a while now you know so that goes that that means a lot you know they're kind of they're they're kind of like a who's an nba team that's had kind of their core together for a little bit now you know they got they got a little bit of bucks in them they got a little bit of milwaukee bucks in them for sure it's less turnover guys have been there before experienced you know um so i, I they're definitely a top four team in my mind um let me see here. Uh, this is from Shane. He says, not just a reaction to the Eastern Conference Finals, but uh, Mbizo is a liability defensively. Um, and he showed less going forward in the second half of the season. Any chance that Harriel starts or does Jim go with familiarity? No, I mean, I think Mbizo is the guy starting. But, yeah, I mean, he wasn't – He, you know, the thing that we always said was, you know, what he makes up for – you know, he's, he's not as defensively sound as Ray was, but he had really good moments going forward. You know, those uh, Saprisa games – Atlanta and the Champions League, you know, early on in the season. But yeah, I mean, you, you, he wasn't doing as much going forward at the end of the year. You know, I wonder how much of that had to do with Bedoya's legs kind of being a little tired as well. You know, I think the, the overlap on the right hand there is, is, um, um, a lot of it is predicated on what the shuttler in front of you is doing for sure. And, um, I think both of those guys kind of slowed down a little bit as the season went on. Um, so we'll see, you know, hopefully Nathan Harriel pushes him and we see, uh, you know, we, uh, we see some competition there at right fullback for sure. Um, this is from Ezra, um, who just got a new job, I think. Congrats, man. Um, Embiid, uh, Joel Embiid recently said he'll force his kid to watch soccer. Um, I think he said he'd force him to play soccer too, right? Um, do you think Arthur Embiid will be in the ring of honor? Uh, where is he on your children of Philadelphia, Philadelphia athletes, Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Um, listen, I mean, if he's, if he's anything's like dad, he's going to be like, you know, s- s- more than six foot eight probably. So, um, you know, they'll probably have him like in, uh, you know, playing basketball in, in no time, you know, but, uh, listen, I, you know, it'd be cool if Joel Embiid stuck around, you know, in the, like after his playing days, you know, if he stuck around in Philadelphia or hung around in the community or something like that. And then if he really was serious about it, I mean, Joel loves soccer more than he loves basketball. So, um, he played soccer before he played basketball. It'd be cool. You know, if his, if his son did show a, you know, a proclivity to want to play and Joel was interested in getting him in, I'd get him in the academy, you know? Get Arthur and Bede in the Philadelphia Union County. Wouldn't it be great? I love all these basketball connections, by the way. You know, Kevin Durant's a Union minority owner. James Harden actually has a piece of the Houston Dynamo. So it's funny because people were joking. They were saying, uh, you know, are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna get uh, James Harden down to a a Union game? But uh, his former teammate, who hates him now, is a part Union owner. So it's funny how there's there's the the soccer and basketball tie-ins are becoming more significant. You know, so. Um, oh, that's the next question here. Yeah, from Jordan. He says, will we see Harden at Subaru Park this summer? Do you think he risks running into Kevin Durant? Um, yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? You know, when the, when the Dynamo come to town, um, we got to get uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden in like dueling boxes or something, right? 
be uh, some uh, some conflict there, you know. Um, there's another question about big signings by other teams. Chicago, yeah, they signed Shakiri, which is a great move. Then you got Insigne for sure. Yeah, I mean, other teams in the East are moving for sure. I mean, and the Revs um, are going to be great again for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're sweating. I don't think anybody's like super worried about because the Union are a good team, but there's definitely going to be more competition. So I'm excited for it, you know. Uh, Chris wants a top three in the East prediction. I'll say, I'll say New England, Philly, and Toronto. Say New England, Philly, and Toronto. Um, Chris uh, Cordo, Cordo. Sorry if I messed your uh, last name up. His uh, Twitter handle is at shitass. Um, he says, "Which of the homegrowns are you most uh, excited to see get more time and take that next step in development this year?" I personally think Paxton gets the most play time, but I'd love to see Harriel work his way into the starting right back conversation. Yeah, a bunch of Harriel comments, you know. Um, you know, and in the limited amount of time we saw him last year, it wasn't bad. So, um, homegrown, I'm most excited to see probably Paxton. You know, I mean, I, I feel like you have to say Paxton. Quinn Sullivan, for sure. Um, I, I really, you know, I guess the guy who grew on me the most last year um, was Jack McGlynn. Honest to God, man, I just I just felt like he's just very calm and composed. I love his left foot. He's a great passer. I don't think the four four two is really his best fit. He's not really like a pure box to box guy. I thought when they played um, in the Christmas tree a little bit, and he kind of sat there on the left side, it was a little bit more. He just seemed to fit him a little bit better. I think there was a game actually too where they played. Oh God! I think they switched to like four two three one or something like that in the second half, and he was playing more of like a like a traditional like ball moving number eight, like in in that double pivot. You know, like think of the old school like uh, what's a team I can give you an example of? You know how like Liverpool back in the day played with like Javier Mascherano and like um, you know, like Xabi Alonso was was next to him, right? Like and Alonso was just spraying passes um, all over the place. Like to me, I think that's the role that Jack McGlynn would excel in. So it's interesting to me to kind of see, you know, see if he's got the wheels to be. He's not the fastest guy, right? He's not like the, he doesn't cover as much ground as other people, I don't think. But uh, you know, his left foot is great. I'm I'm really curious to see how he does this year and what, and what they do with him. You know, um, Matt Batdorf says uh, not exactly union related, but how much did you enjoy snarky Twitter hero Matt DeGeorge, uh take down Ben Simmons and, <laughs> and Kyrie Irving together? I didn't even see that. Did DeGeorge go after him? Um, here, let me pull it up on Twitter and see what, uh, see what Matt did. Um, your phone is not connected to the internet right now. Oh, well that's bullshit. All right. Well, I'll try to find that and come back to it. Um, Billy Venture says petition to get Jason Dumas on the show. Yeah. Listen, he, he, you know, I mean, maybe I went too hard on the guy. I don't know, but you know, he came back and he dissed soccer. Yeah. He, he took some, uh, took a big shit on soccer. So, you know. You get you get uh you get the pushback you know from Philadelphia Union fans don't don't diss the beautiful game man and then we're good um there's a couple others I can't really answer now I see you guys PJ Dino and sports ball fan I'll I'll read more on that they wanted to ask about MLS next the structure of the league and um you uh, some Union two stuff at the same time there um let's end it on uh. I'll end it on this one from Ricky. Um, he says, what's your opinion of the widely leaked uh, Union jersey? Um, he says, I, for one, think it sucks. 
but Union Twitter seems up in arms at anyone that suggests uh, they do. It looks like the NYC kit and the last Union Home kit uh, had an uninspiring baby kit. I got to be honest, I kind of like it. Um, I don't know, something about like the stripe on the left and like the the size and kind of the way it, um, you know, the way that they like fit the the design into the jersey. I don't know. I mean, you guys know me that I'm not really like a like a Jersey dude. I don't, I don't wear, I've got like two jerseys. I don't really wear them. Um, you know, we did the custom always soccer shirts, right. Um, a couple of years ago, but I don't, I don't, I don't really care what the union are wearing. Um, I'm like partially colorblind anyway. So my only concern is that I can actually see like who the fuck is who on, on the field. <laughs> you know, like when, when the union would play Chicago back in the day, and it was like the dark blue, it was like the Navy blue versus like the red. I couldn't see anything from the press box. You know, it was like a nightmare. I used to like look up at the at the TV screen a lot to like see what was going on. But I, I kind of like this one, honestly. Um, you know, I thought the Artisano ones, like the uh, neon yellow or whatever we're calling it, electric yellow or bolt or whatever color that was, I thought those were pretty cool too. But I like the, I think I like this one probably better than those. So um, I don't. I'm looking for uh, Matt to George's uh, thing here. I see a bunch of Olympic tweets here this one's about claude julian uh he's tweeting about ice hockey here um i'll just say oh let me see um ben simmons has strengths question mark i'm gonna need a refresher on them i always appreciate matt's snarkiness you know uh he is a snarky twitter hero he's always welcome on the show and uh i appreciate uh, appreciate you guys uh listening as always so um Hopefully you enjoyed the interview with uh, with Councilman Morgan, and uh, be nice to see some uh, development down at the stadium uh, sooner rather than later. So, all right, that's it. Peace. Have a good one.